All right, welcome back to the big program. Time to elevate your game by Ram Elevators and Lifts. Uh, unlock the potential of your residence with a home elevator or lift. Learn more at TrustRam.com. And our next guest definitely elevated his game in his uh, outstanding CFL career, and that is uh, Ricky Rays. We welcome you into the program, Ricky. You're with uh, D- uh, Dave Jameson and Kevin Carius. Uh, I'm sure that uh, an old voice and an old friend like Dave is uh, nice to hear. I, I know you guys talk to each other, I guess, the last time you would have seen each other was the Terry Vaughn event. Is that correct, Ricky? Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, I had a great time, you know, seeing Terry and a bunch of other guys from way back in 2003. And then obviously seeing Dave, um, you know, was just the cherry on top. Yeah, well, that I know you're <laughs> lying now. That's never been the case. And you and I, you and I have had a chance to see each other a couple of times over the last year or so. Um, and and I, I do want to go to that 03 reunion and just broadly talk about how special that team was, Ricky. And and really, it it starts in 02, but culminates. Uh, there was disappointment in 02 with how that Grey Cup ended here at home, but then. That team was not going to be denied by the time you got to Taylor Field in Regina. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, going into the 03 season, uh, felt like, um, you know, we let one get away from us at home against Montreal in the, in the 02 Grey Cup. So, um, you know, we were kind of, that, that was our expectations that year was to, to get back to the Grey Cup and, and finally win it. And um, to be able to do that was pretty special. Why do you think you guys had such a close-knit team Ricky yeah I mean when when I got there as a rookie um, it was just a, a great group of veteran guys who who love playing in Edmonton um, seemed like a lot of the guys like to stick around for the for the you know the whole year um, they had a lot of pride um, playing for the organization and it just felt like a family um, you know we did a lot of things together on and off the field and um, we just really enjoy playing for each other and, and playing for, for the team. And, um, you know, that, that was just a great feeling to have in the locker room. And I think it, it helped us, uh, you know, perform even better out there on the field. Memory serves and fans who have watched your entire career, it, it, it you made it look easy. I know it was not. And you went through challenges and there were injuries. and there were, But with the way you arrived on the scene it was like you were the finished product out of the gate. I'm sure it didn't feel that way, but when did you feel like, okay, I understand the Canadian football game? Like, it is obviously uniquely different than what you had played, but when did it kind of, you go, okay, I think, I've, I think I'm comfortable here? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I got kind of tastes of that throughout my rookie season. I think really the second preseason game um, I got to play quite a bit that game at home against Calgary and uh, I think we came back in the second half and won and I was able to from my perspective go out there and and play a pretty decent game and I remember after that game just feeling really good like man you know I I think I you know might be able to do this Um, you know obviously that coming out of that preseason I was just trying to to make the team that year and you know hopefully be a backup uh, for a couple of years and see what happened after that. Um, but that was a big confidence boost for me. And then, um, you know, week four, getting my first start and uh, playing at home against BC and, uh, you know, winning that game. It was just kind of like a little snowball effect, just little moments here and there that just kind of kept giving me the confidence, um, you know, throughout my rookie season. 
It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 with a special guest co-host, Dave Jameson, and we're speaking with uh, Ricky Ray, uh, former double-E quarterback. And um, what was it about playing in Edmonton at that time that you just enjoyed it so much and loved, you know, coming to the stadium every day and being a part of this city? What Can you put your finger on, on anything uh, like that happened to, for you back in the day, Ricky? Yeah, it was just kind of the the complete package. I mean, when you when you get to Edmonton, um, you know, I had no idea where I was going. I mean, I knew I was going to Canada. <laughs> never never really knew about Edmonton. Uh, but once you get there and you kind of you step into the you know the stadium at Commonwealth and you see the names on the Wall of Honor and you know you see the murals around town and then you start doing some of the events and you, you're seeing the highlight films of you know, the great history of, of the team and the great mm-hmm. players and, you know, the the five in a row years in the 80s. Um, you really start to get the feel of just, you know, what the organization and, and team is all about. And then, um, you know, the fans having, you know, fans that really love football, um, have high expectations. Um, you know, being involved in the community, we did a lot of things um, in the community, Monday Morning Magic, you know, Read and Week, all, all sorts of different things. So it just felt like um, everybody was was all in in the organization. And um, like I said, um, it, it felt like a big family and, and it meant a lot to, to everybody involved. And, um, yeah, it was just a special place to play. Ricky, I wrote the press release announcing your signing. Um, and it was late, as I recall. It was quite close to camp. And I remember you arriving at the office probably a knapsack. You went in there to, to meet with the coaches. I believe it was Rick Warman. Rick Warman is instrumental in you arriving in Edmonton, correct? Is And, and then you came in as the fourth guy. Was Is that, do I have that correct? You were the fourth on the, yeah. on the, on the depth chart to start training camp? Yeah, so I was playing Arena 2 for Rick in, in Fresno. And um, kind of as our, our season was going, because we played in the springtime, and as our season was going, he he had me write down, like, on a piece of paper, just, hey, you know, write down some goals. And so I listed off, like, you know, I'd like to get an opportunity in the NFL or, or the CFL or even, you know, Arena 1. That was kind of like, you know, Arena 2 was kind of kind of my, my stepping stone to get into one of those leagues. And um, then a few weeks later, Rick came up to me before one of our games at home in Fresno, and he was like, you know, play this game like it's your last game. And uh, I thought he was just, you know, trying to get me pumped up for the game. And uh, we go out there and we win. And he comes to me after the game and, and says, um, hey, I got you an invite to the to the training camp in Edmonton. And um, But it, it starts on, you got to be there on Monday. And this was a Saturday night. And um, I was like, well, that, that was one of the goals I wrote down. Uh, was to, to try and get to the to the CFL and for, yeah sure I'm gonna I'm gonna do it so I uh, drove home to Sacramento uh, the next day on Sunday packed up all my stuff and um, was on a flight the next morning up, up to Edmonton so it was a pretty quick turnaround but um, you know obviously I'm I'm so thankful for that opportunity Rick Rick, Rick setting that up for me. Ricky Ray is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with uh, Dave Jamison this morning. So, Dave, you said you wrote the release when he signed here. Did yes. you write the release when he was traded? Yes, I did. Uh-oh. I'm looking at you funny yeah. because that's going to lead to a story. Rick, um, 
I that was a that was a difficult day, and you for obvious mostly for you. Uh, but there were a lot of people who were jarred by the trade. Um, can you go back to that day? And I remember calling you not long after, and I I said, "Listen, um, we no longer work together, but what would you like me to do as your former PR guy? How do you want to handle this?" And I remember our conversation. It was brief, um, but it was very meaningful. But uh, can you go back to that day and the and the sequence of events? Yeah, so um, I was just back home for the off season, um, and I was in the car driving, and I got a call from from Davis Reed, and he basically just said, "Hey, we're we're trading you to Toronto," and um, <laughs> didn't say didn't I didn't say much. I just said, uh, you know, okay, and um, you know that was that was basically it. And I, I just from I think that was maybe like on a Sunday, and man, I was in Toronto like on Tuesday did a press conference and was back home by Wednesday or Thursday so it just happened really fast and um, yeah I was definitely surprised uh, I, you know we had a, a pretty darn good season in 2011 made it all the way to the West Final and um, thought you know things were going in the right direction and you know I was going to be there but uh, you know obviously wasn't in, in the plans there in Edmonton. So, um, yeah, it was just uh, caught me by a surprise and, and was pretty shocked that day when I got the call. Yeah, it, it caught everyone by surprise and still goes down probably as the one of the worst trades in CFL history. Having said that, when you got to Toronto, um, it was almost like you, you had a second career. I mean, your first career in Edmonton was phenomenal, but you continued to at that level. Um just your thoughts on, on you know, kind of having two careers in one lifetime in the CFL, one here and then one in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it was it was a good opportunity for me. You know, Coach Milanovic was coming over from Montreal um, as a new head coach, and um, I really enjoyed playing for him and his offense. Um, and then I got to play for for Coach Tressman as well uh, my last couple of years. So um got to play – some really good coaches and kind of learn a different system and um you know got a chance to play in, in a couple more great cups so um i really enjoyed my my time in toronto i mean it's a little bit similar to edmonton you know they've got a you know a lot of history with with that organization and what as well and a lot of great cups so um that that was a lot of fun and um you know i, I Looking back, I mean, it was um, that's kind of how I treated it. it. Was just kind of like a second career, like a, a fresh start, um, you know, from my time in Edmonton, and you know, I felt like a rookie that in 2012 going over to a new team and you know being in front of new coaches and new players, and uh, you know, just trying to to earn their belief and trust, and um, you know, was able to do that. So. I'm really thankful for my time in Toronto as well. Uh, was the end of your playing career painful? And I, I don't mean physical pain, but, you know, there was an absence. Um, and one thing that struck me, Rick, when the O three guys got together recently in the summer was the deep connections. I mean, did you miss the actual playing of football or do you miss the people in football? Yeah, I mean, it it, it was painful physically, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. You know, my time in, in Toronto, I, I missed quite a few games just with with uh various injuries and um so it was it was a struggle there for time for a bit of time and um but yeah i mean looking back you know that's that's what you miss you miss um you know being in the locker room around the guy i mean i've been around that since i was 
you know, eight years old when I started playing Pop Warner football here in California. So um, you, you miss that. You miss the competition. Um, you know, I think when I when I feel that I miss it the most is when I'm watching games on TV. You know, where mm-hmm. if I'm watching the Grey Cup or you know, like the Super Bowl or or a playoff game where you know the team you know wins a championship or something and you see them celebrating together. I mean, the, those are the times that you look back and you know think about those memories you had. You know, after a Grey Cup celebrating with your guys in the locker room. That, that's what you miss the most. Yeah, we're with uh, Ricky Ray on the Kevin Carey Show with uh, Dave Jamison. Can you uh, update our listeners, Ricky, what's keeping you busy right now at this stage of your life? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just I got two daughters, 12 and 8, and, um, you know, basically kind of got a boring day-to-day life. I just <laughs> dropped them off at school, and um, now I'm getting ready to uh, – I'm going to go on a, on a little run. Um, I signed up for a – a trail running race, a 30-kilometer trail running race uh, next month. So I'm training for that. And uh, so I'll get my run in today and, um, you know, get home, have some lunch, and then it's time to pick the kids up and uh, do it all again tomorrow. So I'm just enjoying, um, you know, being retired right now and this point in my life, just hanging out with the kids and spending as much time, um, you know, with them and, uh just watching them grow up has, has been a lot of fun. How, how's the golf game? Are you still bombing at 350 off the tee? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I still I still like to get out and play golf. Uh, I played in a golf tournament a few weeks ago with uh, with some friends and had a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, that definitely keeps the competitive juices mm-hmm. going for me as well as just getting out on the golf course. Uh, can you share one Jason Moss gets angry on a golf course story with us? <laughs> Only one. Huh? Yeah, I just, that's yes. like uh, that's like the normal. I mean, right. The the rare story when he he being calm. <laughs> you know, there was one time I think um, there was a, a group of us. We went up somewhere outside of Edmonton. I forget the golf course, but um, he was playing so bad, um, getting so angry that he didn't even finish the round. <laughs> I think we were like on hole fifteen, and he just took the cart and went straight to the driving range. Oh. Man, and uh, just boy. hit ball after ball after ball while we finished our last three or four holes. <laughs> uh, well, we're uh, gonna... That's how mad he got. He couldn't even finish. Uh, we're we're going to have uh, Jason Moss on at 940 today, Ricky, in about uh, uh, <laughs> half an hour. We've also got Singer Mobley and Terry Ray coming up. So this is a, a trip down memory lane for a lot of uh, oh, yeah. fans and, and things like that. So really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, thanks for coming on. And I've had a hoot so far with uh, J-Mo here, and I know he's a dear friend of yours. So um, really appreciate you coming yep. on with us. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Great seeing you, Dave, this summer, and um, hopefully I'll get up there in the, in the years to come. Take care, Rick. All right, see ya. That's uh, Ricky Ray uh, elevating his game for many years in the CFL for Ram Elevators and Lifts, manufacturing the safest elevators since 1987, trustram.com. When we come back, it gets, I mean, the hits just keep coming, don't they? Singor Mobley and Terry Ray, a guest with Karius and Jameson on Sports 1440 right after the break. Oh, welcome back to the big program. About a zillion texts coming into one 1440 from Jumpin' Jack. Flash. Kevin, very nice to listen to JMO again. Keep on keeping on. Uh, this one came in, Dave, a little while ago from mm-hmm. a friend of ours. Please give Dave my very best and encourage him. There ain't nothing we can't handle from Cam Tate. Aw. 
Back uh, at you, Cam. I know you've been uh, going through yeah, some stuff, so uh, we're yeah, with you, Cam. Absolutely. Um, Darren Sonley. Uh, JMO, I'm with you. Uh, my doctor told me that I I had throat cancer. My doctor told me it was a pinched nerve. I waited a year before going oh, no. to the U of A. Find out I had cancer waiting another uh months for my surgery I lost 60% of my tongue haven't eaten food in four years have a G-tube in my stomach so glad we are cancer free yes that comes from Darren thanks Darren hope your health is uh, as well Um, Stu great to hear your voice Dave I trust you've been enjoying uh, your Jameson uh, fortune I don't get that one Um, well there was Low Tide was trying to put forth uh, the idea that somehow uh, I am related to the Jameson pharmaceuticals (laughs) And I said, Tide, if in fact I were, would I be doing this for a living? Oh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, HVAC, Nick, uh, I'm 31 now, so these guys in the football field are what made me a fan Yes, when I was a kid, as we just had Ricky Ray on, and now we are going to hook up. Do we have them both, uh, Duke? Or do we have just okay? Well, we'll check in with uh, uh, Singor Mobley. Good morning, Singor. Kevin Carius, Dave Jameson with you. What's uh, good morning? How are you doing? What's where are you anyway, singer? Are you down south? And no, I'm in I'm in Washington State now. Okay, back home. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we've spoken for over twenty years or so, maybe a little bit less. But it's good to talk no, to you. Yeah, it's probably, it probably has been twenty. I saw Dave what a couple, couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah. back in August. Yes. Ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. Kevin, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been. And we all, we had a lot of fun, uh, you know, off the field, <laughs> <laughs> on the field. Yeah. All those Boston pizzas. Remember we used to, man, you used to come on yeah, and do I highlights and we that. had that, we had that seven second uh, button that we had to press because of the, uh, the language yeah. that you were using. Yeah. How's that sound? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but see, I, I guess nowadays, on Prime, you know. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a lawless society. Hey, listen, I know we're going to talk about how great you were uh, for this club, but I have to ask you, you were at a Dallas Cowboys reunion, correct? In the last week yes, or I two? Was. Okay, I yep. know there are team reunions, but man, I'm telling you, the Dallas Cowboys do everything bigger. What was that like? Uh, it was it was nice, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> private event yes. <laughs> yes. held by uh, Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman. Um, oh. You know, uh, teams from the 70s to the 2000s were all invited. Um, but, yeah, it was good to see some of my heroes that I saw. And, yeah, so. We're with that. Uh, yeah, it was. We're with Singor Mobley uh, on Sports 1440. Kevin Carries, Dave Jameson will also like to welcome in a former teammate of yours, uh, Singor, and that is uh, Terry Ray. Terry, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yes, oh, we can. And good to hear. Hey, from what's you. up? <laughs> yeah. What's going on, Singor? How you doing? <laughs> good. How are you doing? I tell you what, Kevin, the, yeah. those were great teams mm-hmm. that both of them were on. Um, and if you got by the D line, you were met. Sometimes by both of these guys at the same time, uh, somewhere on the field. Um, T. Ray, it's been so very long since I, I we, we had a chance to chat. Um, but we're going to reflect on your role. I mean, you weren't on the 03 team, but you were part of teams that were really good and building towards what was coming in Edmonton. Fair? Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, I remember getting there and not knowing the history um, initially when I arrived, but I do remember that it was a big deal that 
Edmonton had missed the, the playoff in, I want to say, a lot of years. Yes, yeah. yes, it was a lot of years. Yes. Yeah, and so I instantly there was that kind of pressure to perform to make sure we weren't going to be the first group that let that um, that happen. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was it was in, in, like barely getting in the first year, but then after that, it was like we had kind of gotten to the point where we had enough players around us and, and coaching us and getting to where we needed to be so that, you know, we were able to, like, not only, you know, make it in the playoffs, but, you know, be a force. And so that was that was fun to be a part of that. That's Terry Ray, uh, Singor Mobley as well with us, uh, Karius Jameson. Uh, Singor, what made Terry Ray and the two of you, I mean, they called you Batman and Robin for a, a little period of time. What made the two of you such a, a formidable force in the linebacking core? Well, um, I don't know. I think one of is our work ethic. Um, also, you know, I guess when I was coming back from Dallas, uh, Tory Hunter, he was there. And, you know, he's like, yeah, you should come back. You should come back. We got this guy that's just like you. You know, I'm like, okay, someone just like me. I mean, he, you know, he's like, yeah, he, he plays really hard. He's a good player. And, you know, when I came up, you know, we met and, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, he's, he's like me. He works hard. He's, he's ferocious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to find out his birthday is on the same day as mine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, so that made it even better. <laughs> yeah. Terry, you can bounce off that one if you like. Um, yeah. And, and so the legend was born that, you know, we kind of felt like we had a lot of similar like experience playing um, in college so that we kind of worked off of one another's energy as we were put in different positions on the defense. And I think that's what made us a little bit more different was you had no idea what you were going to get from 27 and 28 because not only did we like think kind of the same we would move around and do things and give quarterbacks fits just from not knowing who was going to be at which linebacker or if we're going to be at a safety so it was just all part of the scheme and you know Singor has a, a great working football knowledge of the game and how to like be in the right places at the right time and the timing and everything was great so it was just a joy to be able to get out there and you know have that kind of flexibility to be able to like you know, put some pressure on offenses and make them have to think a little bit more before they can just go out there and execute the way they thought they were going to. Uh, T. Ray, the, hearing your voice and thinking back to the time, you know, I worked uh, with you and around both of you guys, um, there's an image that I'm reminded of, and I saw it, Hervey, not long ago. We were laughing because, and I don't know if you remember this, you and Ed were standing on the sidelines for a game, might have been a preseason game, and Doug Peterson grabbed Reggie Slack with one arm and A.J. Gass, who was trying to come in and help on the tackle, and Doug probably didn't need the help, if you know what I mean, but A.J. was there, president accounted for, and Doug took down Slack with one arm and A.J. with the other and threw them both to the ground, and you and Ed stood there and were slack-jawed. And I think you said, why is Doug Peterson not in the NFL? That was a grizzly bear, not a human that did that. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. I do. It's, uh, 
he was always one of my favorite people and and you know everybody knows how rough doug was but if at any point in time you could get him to like crack a smile or or like take life a little less serious like yes like where he wasn't in the mood to like wrestle a bear like it was was, those were always good times and so yeah um yeah and you you could even poke fun about him about that incident and he would just kind of look at us with the uh-huh. snarl that he always had but every now and then we can get him to lighten up and have some lighthearted moments and, and those are the kinds of things <laughs> uh, we're with uh, terry ray and singor mobley on sports 1440 so singor um why do you think you guys had such a, a close-knit team um teams back you know going back 20 plus years why why was that do you think here in edmonton well you know i think one um, we all, I mean, you know, we're like Terry said, you know, we're, we're playing for championships and playoffs. And, um, also we did a lot of things together, um, you know, as a team, um, you know, if it wasn't a barbecue, um, at someone's house, it was, we're going to meet here and watch a football game. Um, and that was like a weekly thing. Um, so when you do certain things with your teammates a lot. You get to know them. The brotherhood is there, um, the camaraderie, um, and just you know what you're there for, to, you know, to win championships. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons why we're so close, you know, that we did everything together. T. Ray, before you joined us, uh, Kevin was saying, God, I remember Terry Ray with those glasses. And I said, oh, I remember the glasses. I can tell you that Terry used to <laughs> use those glasses to read the fine print in both his contract and the CFLPA agreement with the league. You knew your stuff. When did Because you, you moved on after your playing career and you moved into football management. And, and what what... Why were you drawn to that part of it? Because a lot of guys show up, they get their check, and and they don't worry about that stuff. But you did. Um, I don't know. I just I I just have a writer's nature about me. I'm always just kind of meddling with stuff, and so it was just it just came to me naturally. Yeah. And it also felt like if I didn't do something, um, I, I don't want to say extraordinary, but if I didn't do something different and it didn't feel like I was doing enough. So right. um, paying attention to the details of the contract and making sure I understood well, part of that is just because, you know, I, I just dickheaded it about something. Yeah. I just didn't want to make sure I didn't like gloss over something or miss mm-hmm. something. And that kind of got to the point where, you know, other guys had confidence in me and made sure that um, mm-hmm. I could be the guy that represented them as far as what their rights were. And, something that I was proud to be able to do and something that I was glad to do because you know, it, it, was, it was just helping me fulfill and, and, and be more of a person who I thought could, you know, be in a role where I could be a good use. Yeah. We are with uh, former uh, CFLers, former double ears, uh, Eskimos, <laughs> Terry Ray and Singor Mobley on Sports 1440. Uh, we just had Ricky Ray on, guys, and I asked him this, this question. I'll ask you the same. So what's keeping both of you busy right now? What do you what do you got your uh, mitts on? What do you what are you doing? Tell our listeners, uh, and Singor, you can go first, and then, uh, Terry, you can just kind of piggyback off Singor. Well, um, I am a supervisor with Alaska Airlines, um, so uh, that's what keeps me busy besides my youngest daughter that is in every 
sports managers. <laughs> I mean, like everything. Uh, but no, uh, I work for Alaska Airlines supervisor. So, you know, I manage like four or five gates, make sure flights go out on time. And uh, yeah, and the benefits aren't bad either. <laughs> yeah, you're flying around everywhere. <laughs> right. Terry? Uh, um, I... After spending so many years playing football and being involved with sports, I had an opportunity that was presented to me that allowed me to try something totally different. So now I have a role working for a technology company in a cybersecurity. Go ahead, David. I think you had one more for T. Ray, maybe. Yeah, Terry, um, you were working in the end. Did did working personnel side? I, I believe that's what you were doing last time you and I talked. I think was uh, with when you were with Washington. Did you enjoy that aspect of football? I did. It was an, another one of those great experiences where you get like I'm always. And you probably don't know this, but I probably didn't come across this way. But I was not like one to be like in front of the camera like i didn't like that part of it but you were good at it well i'll tell you you were good good at at it it. yes but and it was part of the job but i always liked the behind the scenes stuff and so that's what i enjoyed about being in washington was the process of gathering the talent and finding out what made what made good talent and finding out the components that you had to put together to make a team good and so that was a great experience. I, I learned a lot. I felt like I um, gave a lot of value to the team. And at the time when I left, we had had a pre- it was another one of those things where it's like, here's a team that's not doing so well. And it was just kind of like another chapter in my life of you're not doing so well. You're here with this team. What can you do to make a difference? And we were, I was there for three years, and two of the three years were in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that hadn't happened in Washington in a bunch of years. So I'm, I'm not trying to take credit. The players get all the credit from that. But, you know, I was in the background helping with those moving parts that you know, create the team and the chemistry that help get that, that team in that position. Well, uh, guys, we could go on and on and on here. We're going to have Jason Moss uh, coming up here after the break. We had we had Ricky Ray on earlier. I, I mean, just, just amazing uh, to talk about the old stories. So thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, and uh, Singor, I can't wait till you get back up here so we can, uh, I don't know, maybe talk about a few old times. How's that yeah. sound? <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds okay. good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Singor. Thanks, thanks Terry. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. no problem. Thanks. Yeah. Singer Mobley, Terry Ray, when we come back. Hey, how about Jason Moss, head coach of the Montreal Alouettes, as the double E power hour continues here on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Tons of texts coming into our text line, one 833 Great way to start Monday morning. This comes from Rhonda. Stay strong, Dave. Good to hear well, your voice you. on the radio. Nice surprise listening to Singor Mobley. All the best, Rhonda, Spirit of Edmonton. Think you might know Rhonda, Spirit of Edmonton. Rings a bell, yes, yeah. and, and, and Singor. Uh, <laughs> and there are many things, many qualities about uh-huh. uh, the Canadian Football League and certainly Grey Cup, but the Spirit of Edmonton room was I, I went year, years ago when yeah. Edmonton was hosting in, I'm going to say, 2010. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it was 02, and I was with Ed Hervey, and we were standing there watching Sean Fleming entertain three or four women who'd gathered around <laughs> Sean, and there he is holding That's court. all? That's all it was? Yeah. Three or four? Looking like Pierce Brosnan. Yes. 
And Ed, I looked, I was standing with Ed, and I said, would this something like this happen in the NFL at a Super Bowl? He said, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. The, the public yeah. never gets close to the players. And they're, I mean, you look out in the spirit of Edmonton room and you'll have a quarterback for the East Division mm-hmm. team pounding beer. And, you know, uh, it was it's just such a fun dynamic. So, you know, those those images are uh, still pretty fresh. Uh, Scalding Gord has two takes here. Okay. Singor Mobley flew around the field working for an airline seems fitting. And I still wish, and this is the same that uh, Lotide talked about and said, mm. when is the CFL book coming out, Dave? I still <laughs> wish Dave would write a CFL memories book. Well, it would be maybe long form uh, article that mm-hmm. I could cobble together because you know as we talked early in the in the show to today about you know going to court with Alfred Payton and all the weird <laughs> things that happened over the years. Um, they're great stories uh, in the hands of a more skillful writer. Maybe you could flesh something out. But there there are a lot of you know I sort of look at them as sort of snapshots or images from a movie. You know there's there's mm-hmm. a little bit of. I don't know if you remember the old show. Not it wasn't Ballers. What was the Playmakers? Playmakers years ago. Um, that that there's elements of that, and I'm not in the dressing room, not around today's players. I've interviewed lots of them, but I'm not there, so I don't know what the dynamic is. I know back when I worked there from 1998 to started, and um, there were still the vestiges of you know 90s football mm-hmm. and the kind of people that were in the game. You know, you had some. People that all I could say, Kevin, is, you know, in the dynamic of a CFL dressing room is really unique. You've got guys who've come from the U.S., some former NFLers. You've got, oh, look over there. It's Carlo Pinero. He's a surgeon. (laughs) Look over there. There's a guy from McGill. Look, Tim Fleiser. He went to Harvard. So imagine all of that coming together. Yeah. In, in one room, it is a really unique dynamic, yes. and and because of that, the personalities that presented themselves, we, there were a lot of fun, very challenging. Mike Pringle would uh, was a very challenging person to deal with on a daily basis. Mike Pringle uh, passed George Reed when he was here. Yes, he did. So, what well, was that like for you? Because you had to handle juggle things, right? A little bit. Oh, juggled things a little bit. I'll tell you quickly the okay. story. Um, so, the, you know, he's obviously close to the record, and we're playing a. Calgary Stampeders at home, big crowd, cold night. Pringle's right there on the cusp. So he has the record in his grasp. It is set. But as the game goes on, he's starting to lose yards because Calgary's <laughs> just stuffing the box. And they're like, you're not doing it on our watch. Right. You can kick our ass all you want on the scoreboard, but we're not letting you get the record tonight. So at the end of the game, and we've got a beautiful crystal plaque that we're going to present to him we're going to stop the game and we're going to do it it's ready to go and my assistant jamie cartmel now with the oilers we got it ready to go and man we're going to hit it and no by the time the final gun goes mike does not have the record so he storms off the field and refuses to come out of the back room so people are waiting the media is waiting mike's son is there and and so i'm like I, i go i find him and he's crying Fully uniform, mud, everything all over him, towel over his head. He's sitting on like an exercise bike or the treadmill. And he's not coming out. And mm-hmm. he is not responding to me. And Rick Lawlisher, our president at the time, goes, what's going on? I said, look at him. He's, he's sobbing. He's not coming out. Rick, Rick goes by me and goes over and pats Mike on the leg. He goes, Mike, grow up. Mike jumps up, storms by me and goes to his locker where then he proceeds to challenge John McKinnon from the journal to a fight. 
<laughs> so the O-line, who's right there, Pringle was right with the O-line. They're like, J-Mo, you got to get in here. This is going to get bad. we got to get Pringle out of there. Anyhow, all of that said, he goes to BC the next week. We go to BC the next week, and he breaks it. Stop the game. We have a plan. Jamison, Cartmel, you're going to take the plaque and the easel. You're going to go to center field. You'll be met by George Reed and Hugh Campbell and Pringle. Okay, we got our orders. We head out to center field. I'm standing there. I turn around, and BC Place is looking, and there I am in the middle of the field, and no one is near me. George Reed and the late, great George Reed and Mm -hmm. Hugh Campbell have gone to the pile where the play (laughs) has ended, and they're standing there, and I'm over here with the plaque, and no one's with me. So I, we gather around the plaque, all standing there for the photo. And Mike turns to me and he goes, it's backwards. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, this is going well. So I have to flip the plaque around. They do the speech. They do all of that stuff. And then off we went. But yeah, it was a hard guy to deal with. Um Dave Javison with us uh, on uh, a great Monday morning, uh, reminiscing about uh, the old times with the uh, green and gold. We've had uh, Ricky Ray on, singer Mobley, Terry Ray, possibly awaiting Mm -hmm. um, Jason Moss, but he might have a couple things to do today. He's got a team to get ready for the postseason. Um, I I was going to say, out of all the teams, I mean, everyone's calling it Toronto and Winnipeg Mm -hmm. final, maybe. Seems preordained. Maybe B.C., that's Cal- a good team in BC, man. But Calgary is coming on right yeah. now and played well in BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't sleep on Montreal. Alouettes have a heck of a defense. Yes, they do. They can, uh, you know, I would I would expect that they win the East semifinal. Then they got to go into Toronto. And we know Toronto's had a, a season for the ages. But... And Jason Moss, um, I, I I see a lot of Cody Fajardo mm-hmm. in Jason Moss, and they've got a. It's obvious to me. It's I think it's obvious to anybody that's watched the two of them work that they've got a really good relationship there. Now, do they have enough to to, to carry by a Toronto team that is mm-hmm. among you know some of the very best teams we've seen in the last you know twenty years? Yeah. Uh- I was just texting uh, Kevin Lowe. We were awaiting uh, Kevin Lowe at the top of the hour with uh, Myrna Khan from the uh, Oilers Entertainment Group and the Community mm-hmm. Foundation. They will guest with us at 10 o'clock. Um, you, we've exchanged a lot of stories, you and I, over the years. Yes. Now, the one story that you told me, and, and I can't remember the guy's name now that came up. It was in Ottawa. This guy was a, one of the top defensive linemen mm-hmm. in Ottawa that came up, and you got his name on the top of your head now? Uh, keep going. Um, We're talking uh, Red uh, Renegades. Yeah, I think it Renegades. Was, yes, Renegades. So mm-hmm. he came up. By, it might have been in the Gleberman era. Yeah. I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're anyway, Kai Ellis. No, 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 no. This guy was one of the top defensive linemen in NFL history. I can't remember his name. Oh, Dexter Manley. Dexter Manley. Yes, oh, yeah, Dexter sure. Manley. Okay, yeah, I got yes. A Dexter Manley story. Okay, now are you going to tell the story that I hope you're going to tell? Yeah, oh, about, with, the, with the Canadian offensive yes. lineman on the practice roster okay, in okay. the dressing room. So, okay. so, all right, Dexter Manley, and if you don't know who he is, look him up. Uh, celebrated NFL, troubled personality yes. who's turned around his life uh, at some point. Um, and and Dexter uh, um, ends up in Ottawa as part of of the Ottawa uh, Rough Riders uh, back then. And uh, Leo Gronwagen. <laughs> A uh, young Canadian making his way in the Canadian Football League. And Bruce Beaton, I think, okay. Bruce, uh, Bruce was uh, also involved in this story. And they sit down, and Dexter Manley, again, now, it, 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 you need to know that Dexter Manley was, 
and self-admittedly, and as he learned, we all learned later, he was illiterate. He could not read, and, and he had a learning deficit that uh, was not addressed. So um, there, the Canadian guys on a CFL salary, they bring their lunch to work. The practice roster guys. The practice roster everyone. guys. Well, yeah. everybody. Yeah. And, and out, I think Leo pulls out a, a thermos. In there, he has his soup or whatever. <laughs> and Dexter is looking at it. And there's a bunch of guys sitting around the room, and Leo opens it up and starts the task of eating his soup. And Dexter says, what is that? And he goes, the soup? He goes, no, the thing it's in, like the container. He goes, it's a thermos. He goes, how do you, what, what, how does that, you know, kind of work? He goes, well, the thermos keeps hot things hot. And it keeps cold things cold. And Dexter said, how does it know to do that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, our, that, that's that's just one of my favorite stories that you tell. Uh, we got five minutes with Jason Moss. Jason, thanks for calling in. Um, I mean, I can't imagine how busy you are getting ready uh, for this week. Uh, but uh, we've got uh, Dave Jamison here on the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, so, Jason, just uh, your thoughts on we were we basically we had Ricky Ray on. We've had Jason, uh, sorry, Singor Mobley on, Terry Ray on. Kind of looking back to that uh, time here 20 plus years ago. Uh, just your just your original your overall thoughts and why that was such a close team, a successful team. And why you guys uh, remain tight to to this day? Um, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, obviously, um, you know that that team that you're talking about. I mean, those are a great group of guys. Uh, obviously, highly competitive, uh, worked and, and worked and practiced hard with each other, and I mean, obviously, a lot of uh, future Hall of Famers and freaking just really good players. Um, you know, it was fun to be around them. Uh, that was at the, in my opinion, you know, I guess, you know, just a great locker room atmosphere. Um, guys played for one another. Uh, that uh, Eskimo feel was there, and it was real. And it, it was just something where you just, you knew when you walked in that locker room, you know, how to fall in line and, and how to work together. And uh, it was just a magical, magical season. Jason, it's great to hear your voice again. And, and I know you had a special relationship with Ricky um, on and off the field, but that isn't always the case for quarterbacks. I mean, people seem to think that it's, you know, that you should be harmonious and supportive, and that doesn't always happen. Why, why did that work so well with you two? Um, I think, you know, the big thing was there was just no egos between us between either one of us and I think anybody knows one one or the other I think that's one of the things they would say we're just I'm a team guy first and foremost and Ricky's just super humble anyways and uh it was easy to get along with them um and we both had like-minded goals I mean uh just wanted to win for the organization and uh you know we were competitive with one another in a great in a good way but the moment we came in together we started competing and only one guy could play I sat down with him and just told him, hey, flat out, I want to win here and I want to win for the organization. I'll do anything it takes to make you better. You're going to make me better. And so it's just a common uh, a common talk that we had and a common ground that we came to uh, to where we would compete, but we would never let it get between one another. And uh, we were always going to be supportive of one another. And it started with an off-season talk, to be honest with you. In February, after our first year together in 2002, after we didn't win the Great Cup, um, and I think it care that relationship carried on for I mean to the present day to be honest with you. But I think that 2003 season, um, you know, when when neither quarterback 
has to look over their shoulder and they're just doing it for the team, uh, I think you have a great situation there. We're with uh, Jason Maas on the Kevin Carey Show with Dave Jamison on Sports 1440. Uh, Jason, your team comes in uh, this uh, couple of weeks ago to Commonwealth wins, but for you... You hadn't seen your family for an awful long time. Uh, so what was that like? And did you get to spend a few more days here? Just kind of run us through what went, what went down there. Yeah, no, I did. Um, you know, we we had played, uh, I think that was our 12th or twelfth game in 10 weeks. So we were really mm-hmm. hard at it. Um, and my family obviously has stayed in Edmonton. So, uh, you know, I don't get to see them very often. They've come out a couple times during the summer, but uh, it was a long stretch without seeing them. Um, so it was nice to, you know, get into Edmonton the night before, get to sleep in my own bed, see my family, and then obviously play the game. And, you know, it was s- such a great game for us personally, just go out and fall behind, but then have a great second quarter and, and take the lead and win that game. So we went right on to our bye week after that. So it was nice to have a bye week. I could stay at home for the whole week. Uh, and again, after giving so many days uh, in a row playing, we gave our guys eight days off. So it was just nice to be home um, and see everybody. And I have a ton of friends still in Edmonton. Yeah. That's the other thing. I don't think people realize I have, I have my family, which is a small family. I have two kids and a wife, but I have a whole bunch of friends from Edmonton and around the surrounding areas that I love. And I don't get a chance to see them very often either. So anytime I can get back, you know, I, I do it and and I enjoy it. I got to be with the Bozone Live guys that I, you know, the TV show, the hunting show that I do at the end of the year. I got to spend a, a half a day with those guys who are great people and, uh, you know, and then go up north and see some friends in Valley View and then just spend some other time with my friends in Edmonton. So, you know, I'm an Edmonton guy and still an Alberta guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just happen to work in Montreal and and love what I do. Uh, Jason, lastly, uh, you and I are in the same uh, pick'em pool with a bunch of guys <laughs> like Chevy and Roger. You had an incredible week uh, two weeks ago. I think you got 12 right. Um, but yeah. seriously, uh, you have almost no time to yourself, but can you be a fan? Can you sit down and watch a Thursday night or a Monday night or in the NFL? And I'm not going to ask you about the CFL because you're working to prepare for your next game, but can you be a fan still? Yeah, I, you know, I, I can, Dave. I, I try to anyways. I mean, uh, Anytime football's on, uh, you know, I'm a junkie with it. I still I still enjoy watching it. I don't get to do it very often, like you said, with the schedule and all that. But if a game's on, you know, and I'm at home, at the office, I honestly don't even have – I have a TV in my room, but it's, I'm always watching film. Yeah. So I, I don't – I check the scores more than I do anything. But when I get home at night, if there's, a like you said, a Thursday night game on or a Monday night game on, I'll, I'll sit and watch it for a bit, college football. Um, and obviously I keep up with the pools and all that <laughs> stuff of what's going on. It makes it fun and enjoyable when you do stuff like that. But I do love football. So uh, I try to catch it as much as I can. Um, and, it, and honestly, it, it's a good uh, escape from from the football that I watch on a daily basis, to be quite honest with you. Jason, hey, thanks for doing this. Uh, I, mean, I know you and Dave are dear friends, and, and uh, you Absolutely. still keep in touch, and, and I really appreciate it. And I know you've been you know, through him with uh, with a lot of tough times that Dave's had to, to do health-wise in, in the last little yes. while. So, yeah. I'm glad to hear his voice, and glad he's doing and, and keep doing it. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys having me, and I, I, I would support Dave in anything he does. Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach. All right, thank you. Yeah, Bye. And, and good luck uh, this weekend and then as the playoffs go on. That's uh, Jason Maz, right. uh, head coach. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Jason. Head coach of the Montreal Alouettes and former uh, double ear. The Pigskin Report brought to you by Mr. Lube. Stop in now uh, for an oil change. No appointment necessary. Be winter ready at one of their nine Edmonton locations. Uh, check out mrlube.com and be 
winter ready. Dave, can't thank you enough for coming in. This is good fun. It it, it yeah. flies by. It I mean, it you does. know, when you're, they always say that when you're having fun, but I mean, the, like the old stories, I love the thermos story. You know, it's just one of those things that you just remember that you told me that long time ago and just lots of fun. So, well, uh, it's been a real pleasure to come back on the air and see you guys yeah. and, and congratulations on what you're doing and going to do. And, and as this continues to grow. Well, and I think again, all our texters are just so happy to hear you back on the air and maybe we'll make it a little more frequently. How's that sound? That'd be a lot of fun. All right. That's uh, Dave Jameson, just like the old Canon episodes, our special guest co-host. Man, those were good shows too. Uh, thanks, Dave. Uh, when we come back at the top of the hour, Kevin Lowe, Myrna Khan from the OEG to talk about the uh, Heritage Classic and all the other events uh, going on and uh, with the EOCF's new initiative as well. First up, here's the Duke with a sports update.